We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Optimal Living Advice, episode 278. I'm Greg Audino, your host, doing what I do and answering any questions you might have about life, love, and anything else. And uh, we do have an anything else question today. Not so much a question looking for advice, but instead uh, maybe looking for a reconstructed idea on how to become a master of something, what it requires and what it really entails, which for me is an important conversation. So let's jump right into the question and optimize your life. I have a question about mastery or how to become a master of something. What's up with the 10,000 hours rule? Is that something that self-improvement junkies should really be following? I think there's a lot to be said for that kind of volume, but it seems like such a cliche, and I wanted to hear other ideas if you have them. Cool, mastery. Let's do it. So I appreciate this question a lot. Uh, First, because I too have a strong allergy to these kinds of uh, platitudinal approaches to things. And I'm glad you sent it in because I definitely think that the 10,000 hours rule is worth investigating. Also, for those who may be unfamiliar with the rule in question, it basically states that in order to become a master or become an expert at something, you need to put 10,000 hours of practice in first. I'm not sure where it came from, but it has been regurgitated by more people than I would care for it to be regurgitated by. So let's just think about it here. Now, 10,000 is a really attractive whole number that I can only assume is arbitrary. It feels like the same way, you know, we assign salaries by whole thousands or round our car's mileages to the nearest thousand. Now, why not? It's easy enough to understand, um, easy enough that it seems to outweigh the need to acknowledge the nuances. But even if researchers slaved over their work and somehow still arrived at 10,000 hours as a breaking point into expertise, however you would measure that, I still think it would be a pretty faulty study. And this is because we aren't considering quality. We're only considering quantity. I'm with you, Asker, in that there's definitely something to be said about sheer volume. I don't want to disregard that either. But let's consider an example. And I'm going to use hockey. Hockey is my first love. I'm going to use hockey to illustrate this. 10,000 hours playing hockey on a pond with your friends is not the same as 10,000 hours of being put through drills by NHL caliber coaches and playing against NHL caliber players. You might be putting the same time in, but sticking exclusively to the pond puts a really sharp limit on how much you can learn when compared to the knowledge and the skill that you would acquire Uh, by being taught by the best and competing against the best. 10,000 hours on the pond will turn you into a fantastic player, but you'll be nothing compared to the player who spent even 1,000 hours surrounded by the world's top-tier performers and instructors, who, by the way, are also educating you on how to hone mastery outside of practice through avenues of getting better rest and nutrition and stretching, etc. And still, this is only the half of it. We also need to consider how broad the idea of mastery is, which calls into question 
what it is that we're actually trying to master in the first place, and thus how we will tailor the time that we put into it. So say you have 12 hockey players, six hockey players that put in 10,000 standard hours of NHL training won't stand a chance playing against six players that have put in the same amount of quality time, but have specializations, people that specialize in speed, checking, stick handling, shooting, passing, and goaltending respectively, right? And even with these unique player attributes, there's still endless room for fine-tuning. So the, the player who specializes in shooting, do, do they specialize in slap shots, wrist shots, backhanded shots, snap shots, one-timers, shooting through screens, accuracy, power, what? So what a lot of this is coming down to is what exactly mastery means to you, how much you need it, what you're willing to sacrifice for it, and why you need it. And these are the types of questions that virtually every pursuit in life boils down to. If you want to be a really good hockey player just for the sake of self-confidence, even 5,000 hours on the pond will definitely do the trick. But this will only work for you if you're comfortable not being paid to play hockey and want to have ample time to put towards other things in your life. If, however, your primary goal is joining a specific team, uh, but say that team already has a surplus of players with offensive skills, then chemistry with that team should probably be your objective, and then you would be best suited to get elite training as a defensive player specifically. Now, um, look, it's not lost on me that this episode has kind of turned into one big hockey analogy, <laughs> but since I don't know exactly what you're striving for mastery in, Asker, I hope you can see how what I'm saying applies. Achieving greatness is not for the faint of heart, nor is it a solution to all of your problems. People tend to forget the latter, even if they think they haven't. Given the way we, we sort of immortalize the highest achievers out there, it can be very easy to tie our self-worth to acquiring expertise. And because of this, it becomes all too simple to disregard everything that comes with it. When we have such desperation to avoid normalcy, if it's a matter of desperation, it's not always, and you know whether or not we're able to recognize it as such, life's balance falls by the wayside. We, we look to a sense of accomplishment to help us override a deep feeling of insignificance in some cases. And in those cases, if we're not careful, this can lead to the collapse of other parts of life that may be taken for granted or need more maintaining than we might realize in this moment. To demand the best of yourself is, you know, it's, it's no more than yet another desire that comes with its troubles as well as its rewards. And if you do accomplish this, if you do sort of pull out the best in yourself and become elite at whatever it is you do, that accomplishment also is no more than yet another accomplishment that comes with its troubles as well as its rewards. To me, high performance really needs to be humanized like this. While it can be extremely noble and yield great benefits for people other than just yourself, it can also stand to be a humongous distraction from inner turmoil and will inevitably take from other parts of your life. So, while I am in no way recommending that anyone shy away from the pursuit of mastery, I mean, where would the world be without its specialists? In order to keep such a stimulating and consuming idea in check, be sure to take the time to consider its underbelly. That being what it can take from you and those around you, as well as what it can provide to you and those around you. We took it all. We brought them to our land. 
An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Okay, Asker, thanks for sending this question in, and I hope I didn't rain on your parade too much. I really can't overstate that last piece, though. Becoming an expert at something can be a wonderful thing, and we absolutely need some people to do it. But we simply cannot mistake expertise in even the most helpful of fields for something that doesn't come with its drawbacks. And I'm hoping today's episode helped to affirm that idea as well as offer some grounded thoughts on how to go about attaining mastery if, if it does indeed feel worth it. That's going to bring us to the end, though, everybody. Thanks so much for submitting this once again, Asker. Thanks for listening, everyone. And don't hesitate to send your own questions in. That's how we keep the show going, of course. Simply email your question to me at advice at oldpodcast.com, and you will definitely hear back and get the help you're looking for. Okay, everyone, have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you next time, where your optimal life awaits.